Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, handpicked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's hbidojo.com. In this clip, Eric discusses the natural cycles of your spiritual journey. Discover how to shift your thinking and thrive even during spiritual lulls. Eric shares practical suggestions for working with these cycles to continually progress your consciousness. Enjoy. To see more and get a link to access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash EJP session five. year you know in, the, in this in the northeast part of the country the leaves are falling the energy is dropping is there anything you can do to protect or try to keep your your energy levels higher as the foliage falls and the, the forest kind of goes into hibernation in the in this part of the country well look i i agree you know i'm, I'm separating teachings like first level second level third level you need to cut your mic down and the, the point is, is that there's always different ways to look at it. And, and therein lies my point is that how you choose to perceive something is what deems your future. So in one way, I absolutely agree and understand it's fall. It's this death cycle. But it's also, as I was saying recently, and I think it was in Saroon, that, you know, right? What did I say? I see you nodding. Bail me out. I know what I said. I think I know what I said. You said it was a great time of the year to go out and, and uh, especially around dusk and go out into cemeteries and uh, do the paranormal stuff, uh, go out scanning, uh, right in a half an hour before sunset to uh, a little bit after sunset to prime time. So let me, let me go into a little bit more of why. Look, yeah, absolutely, the living energy is not as abundant as it is during spring and summer, okay? When you get into fall and winter, I call it a death cycle, okay? And the death cycle shouldn't be looked at as doom and gloom, even though it kind of has that feeling. You've got it to take a look at that and utilize it to your advantage. And the advantage is, we often say in spirituality that you have to go through a death in order to find a, a life inside of you. That the death of the body, it doesn't mean a death of the body, but it's kind of a departure from the body that allows the, the soul to thrive. 
I'll bet as much as you want to feel more spiritual during the spring and summer, if you were to do like a little graph chart, I'll bet you you become more spiritual comes October, November, December, January, February, and then it starts to trickle down in March. I'll bet you I'm right. And the reason why that is, is that there's different ways to look at this. When you have life kind of buzzing, that's like raising the volume on conscious thought. People are more actively thinking about where they're going to go. There's more energy. It's like a hive of thought. And that hive, just like in the winter, it starts to succeed. It starts to rest. It starts to go dormant. It means that there's, there's less stuff like kind of banging on your mental door. Like right now we're saying, okay, it's an election year, which is a little bit more abnormal, a little bit more heightened than normal, okay, to deal with the dough. But once that passes, you're going to see this, this huge release. If it was a normal year, you have this feeling of it's winter, there's death cycle. There's something in your body that wants to, to quiet down. And your spiritual part starts to peak upward. It starts to become more sensory. Of course, we think of October as being ghosts and spirits because of Halloween, but it's that surreal feel of the, the leaves all on the ground that are yellow or the, the trees or that little chill in the air that calms or the temperature lowers. And it, of course, it depends where you are in, in, in the country or in the world. And of course, in, in, you know, on the other side of the world, it's now you know, spring coming in. But the point is, is that when we see the leaves, when we see the, the dormant state of life, okay, there's something inside of us organically that also slightly goes into a dormant state. And what's left is a higher amplitude that's more recognizable of the spiritual state. It's like two of them kind of ebbing and tiding, but when, when one starts to kind of go downward, the other one rises up. Think of it like also like our, you know, setting the clocks back an hour or ahead an hour. And you have daylight savings, basically. With daylight savings, we know we go into a more nocturnal state, okay, because it gets dark out earlier. That goes back to primitive man when we were hunter-gatherers. We could only get up as soon as the sun came up. We could, first thing we're doing is we were out looking for food. And when the sun's going down, you can't find food no more. There's no more light. So you go back into the cave. Ten to one, we talked. We, we were in darkness, so we reflected inner spiritually more. Fire came along. We would talk more and be more spiritual, and the shaman would have his opportunity to kind of do his thing and advance himself and work with other people. But that was the time for reflecting. That was the time when we weren't out physically doing stuff or, or fighting to survive or having to, to do things that were very organic. Body movement is what I would call it. Body, five senses engaged in survival and doing whatever you're going to do. So if we were, were, were mating or having sex, you know, that's probably, what, 30 minutes at best at that time period. They say it's three minutes for a guy. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, but the, the point is, is that you don't really necessarily have dinner if they were foraging. And if you did, you have dinner, but there's no TV, there's no radio, there's no nothing. What do we do in this day and age? We, we try to disconnect from technology. And that doesn't just include Wi-Fi and, and computers. That includes radio. That includes includes TV, that includes any form of anything, okay? And what we may do is engage in reading, but if you don't have that, you kind of go through this, this detoxing period, okay, where you're kind of freaking out. You need something to do. You don't know what to do with yourself, but if you ever put yourself in that situation, you'll find after a few hours, something switches in you and everything slows down. 
and you start to move more into your mind, into your senses, and your, your mind starts to become this playground to move into. And this is why some people go on sabbatical. This is why people go into caves or go into these monasteries. There's no real distractions there. So I often say that every secret in the universe can be found through an observation in nature. And when we look at nature, in a way, it's, it's moving the two hemispheres awaken to sleep, sleep to awaken. It just rotates through the years. Time is a, a lot different for the size of the, the planet and stuff, and we as the organisms on it. But you have to take the wave, and you have to, to ride it and harness it instead of letting it just pummel you. you got to make something of it. So when you feel that that part of you kind of going down, I would say this time period is the point where we start to recognize that because it's it's the tidal point. It's the moment where where the shift went from this way and it just slows down. It's ready to withdraw back out again. It just always does this every cycle, okay? We're in that cycle period where there's the exchange between summer and fall. And we know that that cycle of, of, of what we'll call a death cycle, but in a very Buddhist way, so in a, in a positive way, it's this detachment from, from life of externally kind of being very body-oriented, and that would be considered a death. And a spiritual awakening, if you are able to focus yourself, this is like a hibernation for a beer, it's, it's, but the mind doesn't sleep. So your mind is kind of more stronger. If you if you think about also like hauntings and spiritual stuff and paranormal phenomena, I'll bet you also if you do a graph chart, you'll find that in, in largely more so probably in fall and winter than you're going to find in, in spring and summer. It's like a different shift. It's a different kind of energy. And sometimes you need to be removed and made bare you meaning your, your spirituality in order to feel it more. So the panic in one, when we see the, the winter coming in or the death cycle, is, it's the same as death. We panic with death. And then you, you kind of have to learn to accept it, be calm, and then you awaken from that. You emerge from that. If you wrestle it, you exhaust yourself, and somewhere in that sense, you go into to a lost state of consciousness. There's a big bone in there somewhere, so if you think about it. So it's about using your practice, your your energy, your energy movements, your sense of awareness, your, your calm. You know, I was saying in, in, I believe it was Sarun or one of the classes that, you know, there's this feeling if you go into an old kind of city, like a, maybe a Boston or in the East Coast, I think of these things, but there's an old church, there's a graveyard across the street, there's like this cobblestone road, black maybe iron fence, there's a, the old trees with the, the leaves all, all in the ground now, it's kind of barren and you're walking at night, there's a sense of mysticism that comes upon you, there's a sense of, of spirituality, but the devil is in the details, and this is what people seem to miss is that, you know, it's like I, I, I kind of use it as another way to to bring that spiritual part out. But if you want to look at it in a different way, is that when people go to the church, they're focusing on death, not always, but likely, okay, and the hereafter. That vibration is imbued into stone as a great conductor in a lot of ways. So it's imbued. You have a graveyard across the street that we always think of spirits and stuff because that's where thought is. That's where everybody's looking there, imbuing the idea of life and death and is there life after death and, and are there spirits there and everything else. That energy now is there. You've got nighttime. You've got the tree with no leaves. That is, in, the, in a sense, departing from life, okay, or going dormant. So 
you have this peak sensory that's naked from the organic desire of life. If you go, if you really think about this, if you go to the church during the, the, the afternoon, the hustle and bustle of the day, and it's summertime and there's plenty of green leaves on that tree and you go into, you're not feeling those things. You're not consciously moving your mind into a sensory place to be more aware of it, hyper aware than, than just the basic awareness. You might look at the, the, the graveyard, but you admire, I at least admire the beauty of them. Okay. And there's a kind of peacefulness to it, but I'm not thinking about the mystery, the sensory. I'm not searching for entities in my chest center. And that's another thing people don't realize. That's what you're really doing. When you kind of feel that creepy feel, you're really looking for something inside your chest and it's scanning. You're just doing it unconsciously. So the church is perceived in a different way. But what does one do psychically? You learn to go in your mind, like have your discipline from your meditation, and you switch the gear so that when I would walk there, I would say that my state of mind would be in the same state of mind as if it was 12 o'clock midnight and there's a fog and, and there's darkness and the leaves are all dead on the ground and the church is all dark and shadowy and you're feeling for stuff. I can do that in mid-daylight. It's a state of consciousness and it's hypersensing something in the sixth sense or higher. So it's a matter of you shifting it, but, but people automate. We all automate. We automate driving, we automate doing laundry, we automate at work, we automate probably during this class. And it's very seldom that we're, we're conscious and we make a conscious choice. But if one was going to say you're going into a spiritual state, you should feel that same feeling that you feel at that moment at night. But you do it during the day. And that's where you're going to sense and feel and scan and you're at a, a much higher awareness if you think about it. So when you think about the daytime and nighttime between the two centuries and the summer versus the, the nighttime and stuff, there's not that big of a contrast between fall and, and winter versus spring and summer. It's just looked at differently in our mind. And so I believe that we're following kind of this rhythmic pattern of our own organic body and we're not being mindful. We're not, we're not being spiritual. We're feeling the sun on our face, smelling all the senses bursting from flowers and everything else and the sounds of songbirds and, you know, all the birds are still there. They haven't migrated and everything. So there's this, this stimulation in us and it becomes very body, very not necessarily spiritual, but spiritual in a different way. And when all of that stuff begins to depart, we feel abandoned in a sense. And the body starts like saying, where are all the birds? Where are all the life? Where are all the smells? Where is all the, the light? It's all getting shadowy and dark. But you should think of it as a, as a cycle of the body and the spirit also having four seasons. Your state of mind having four seasons. It's transitional consciousness. The, the difference is, is whether or not you can hold which one you want to be in that state of mind. And if you can feel it, self-awareness is self-observation. So, you know, I was saying to the people in Saroon, they should go out and do certain things. They give them certain tasks, but there's never enough time for me to explain everything. If you invoke something very spiritual, like you're going to go do something, you're, you're doing face morphing, you're looking at energy in the wall, you're doing these things, there's a certain feeling that's about you. There's a certain sense about your, your life, your reality, the, the spiritual vibe of all that, and we thrive off of that. It's an energy. The, the prana is humming around us, and it's being attracted to us because we're just thinking about it. 
but that's a channel. That's like a, a number that you dial and your, your, your mind is set at that frequency. And then we, we lit that dial kind of, it has like a, a little rubber band in there that slowly makes it go back on its own. We call that going back into the dough. So we turn it up there and we can stay there for a little bit and then it slowly goes back on its own. So it's resetting itself. So in essence, the self-observation is part of the practice that you put yourself into when you do spiritual things. When you do a spiritual thing, it's not just what you're doing. It's an observation of how you feel. And can you re-imitate that to the point that you, your consciousness believes it and it becomes real? If I smile at you and I do this and I'm just kind of like, you know, hey, okay. Most people, except for you guys, except for Rick, thank you, Rick, will smile back. Okay. It's a natural reaction. We, we know this because we're automated. But if you do the same thing and you can consciously go against your brain and imply a thought, okay, the body will follow with that. The body knows a psychic level. It was survival. That's what makes the hair in the back of your neck rise when, when something's kind of observing you that's, a, that's perhaps a predator. That's from survival from primitive time. But that's a sense. So you turn that sense on and then you utilize it through your will of being an advanced species, a human being per se, and you direct it. That's when you start going into a psychic state of mind. It's, it's partially survival, but we can exploit that to do a lot more. Just like sex was just for survival and we exploit, exploited that to do all sorts of crazy shit. So this is where I'm going with the whole cycle of, of winter and spring. I say don't look at it as a, a part where you're going asleep, but you're going to have that. Either you fight it or you don't fight it. You've, you've got to use the yin-yang. You've got to use it like like the bull charging you and be the kung fu fighter. Don't grab it. You're going to be slammed. You've got to use the kung fu and use the momentum to your advantage and let that, that weight, and you just pivotally help move it with a minimal amount of your effort. So I say go out and switch your gears to something that's more applicable to excite you spiritually. For instance, I say that spring and summer is more about healing. It's more about spirituality. Okay. It's more about feeling, you know, love and positivity and all these wonderful things. It's a celebration of life that can transmute spiritually. And Fall and winter is more psychic. It's more sensory oriented. And it's because in a lot of ways, a lot of the life has, has, has removed itself. So it's more naked and it allows your acute senses to be more able to focus on oddities or unusual phenomena, anomalies. They stand out more because there's not such a collage of other things going on. And it, it's kind of the way I would explain it. But if you learn to be aware of that during this, this cycle right now, then come summer, you go to that same place and you'll be able to blot out all of the distractions and still have that same sense. This is, this is self-training. This is how the first shamans did it. This is how they figured that out. Putting your spiritual knowledge into practice makes all the difference on the path to becoming one with the universe. But there is a power when we gather and practice together, which is why Eric is teaching a live two-hour class every month. You'll learn new techniques, practice and connect with the Higher Balance community, and create a tuning fork effect that resonates and creates a ripple effect on you for the rest of the month.
To access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash Eric Pepin live.